Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest. Riker, the NBA draft happened yesterday, and usually when the Toronto Raptors are going into a draft, even if they don't have picks, you usually expect them to make a move. Most Raptors fans are on their edge of their seat, waiting to see if Masai Ujiri will pull any tricks out of his hat, but it seems like around Raptorland, everything is a lot more chill this year. We went into the draft, not much expectations, obviously we won the NBA championship, and we, there's not many moves that have to be made on this Toronto Raptors roster, but with that said, it looks like the Toronto Raptors made some under-the-radar pickups that could certainly be helpful going forward in, you know, to coming seasons. Well, Ben, you say that there's not a lot of moves that the Raptors need to make. That's certainly not true, given the pending outcome of okay, yeah, the biggest yeah. player in the league's possible destinations on other teams other than the Toronto Raptors. So... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that could be. I, I mean, it doesn't seem like the pressure is on as it's been in past seasons. But Ben yeah. Masayu Jerry, he's built a legacy now on picking up guys like Pascal Siakam, Fred VanVleet, Norman Powell, just really having his hand in the cookie jar in terms of or going right down to the bottom, Ben, and just getting the the little crumbs mm-hmm. that nobody would expect. So you're exactly right. He might have found another few gems uh, or a few needles in the haystack, if you will. We can use a lot of uh, what would you call them analogies for this. Yeah. Uh, trade, but Ben, you can break them down for us. Yeah, certainly. So the Toronto Raptors had the second last pick in the NBA draft last night, and with that pick, they drafted Duwan Hernandez. I believe I'm pronouncing that right, not 100% sure, but this guy's a really interesting story. So he played in Miami. He's from Miami. He's a 6'11 forward, uh, 235 pounds, a real athletic player with a high motor, but he played two seasons for Miami and averaged five points his first year and 11 points the second year, seven rebounds. Pretty solid numbers for a college player, but unfortunately, last season for for the Miami uh, I'm not sure what their logo is called but whatever he, he wasn't able to play due to in, he was ineligible for the NCAA rules apparently he was taking money like pretty well any decent NCAA player they are they're all getting money but he was on, honest enough to admit it and come out and basically sell him or tell the people in the NCAA and unfortunately he lost a full season of basketball and Bobby Webster came out and said that the Raptors are pretty fortunate that he didn't play this whole year because he might have been a steal and he probably would have went a lot higher in this year's draft because uh, but unfortunately he didn't play this year so maybe the Raptors could have gotten a steal because of this stupid ineligibility rule. Yeah I mean it's worth conversating or having the point or bringing it up at least that athletes if they are really the main source of income right mm-hmm. they're making the universities are making a trend tremendous amount of money that they're getting deriving completely from the players right and they yep. they try to limit being able to sell their name and uh, to be able to sell their brand but the simple fact is you know it's the players that are bringing in the publicity and that's what's allowing these teams to have good re- or schools to have good recruiting classes to bring in the good sponsorships from Nike or Adidas, whatever, to pay their coaches millions of dollars in salary a year. So it, it, it is something, and that's why we see now that the NBA is starting to open up its rules, uh, allowing maybe players to be eligible for a draft before their first year of high, uh, university again. Um, you see this amateur professional leagues now happening where you can get schools right out of high school. So the whole system for college, I think is going to be changing that whole landscape in terms of are the students professionals at that point, if Mm -hmm. they're kind of being treated like professionals, because let's face it, school is not their main priority, especially for the one and dones. Um, But Ben, you're absolutely right. This guy could have been a steal. 
And the question that needs to be raised now is, is there going to be a spot or even a need in the upcoming seasons for a guy of what he's able to bring uh, to the Toronto Raptors roster? Because I know the big man position, it's something that we've sort of narrowed down on a lot this season, Mm -hmm. getting rid of Jonas Valanciunas and Greg Monroe, and maybe there is a spot for him in the upcoming seasons. Well, certainly the Toronto Raptors development staff has certainly proven that they're capable of bringing these later round picks, undrafted guys, and turning them into true NBA players. And the one thing that's been a common theme with the players Masai Ujiri's drafted, whether it be Norman Powell, OG Anobi, Pascal Siakam, any of these players, they're all high-motor kind of defensive player guys. Gritty players that don't necessarily have the skill set to be a top pick in a draft, but have the energy, the work ethic to really turn themselves into true NBA players. And this is the same case for with everything I've read from this guy, you know, Juan uh, Hernandez. He comes, he's come out and for the, for the Miami team, he, he was looked at as kind of a defensive player. He, he's not really going to be flashy. He hasn't hit many. He, he shot 0.1 attempts per game from three. So he's not a three point shooter. He shot 0% through his whole college career, shot about close to 70% from the free throw line. So his shooting touch isn't really there, which is certainly something he'll need to develop to be a, a guy that will be in the Toronto Raptors rotation. As we saw this championship team, everyone could play defense and shoot threes, but certainly encouraging to see a guy with the same sort of frame that we've seen a lot of the the Toronto Raptors prospects be drafted like. And I could see him playing the G League for one or two seasons and maybe finding a role in this roster. It's going to be interesting to see how he plays in the Summer League. But, you know, he's an interesting story. But the Toronto Raptors made a second pick, another undrafted player that Masai Ujiri went on a limb and signed uh, for this upcoming season or for at least the, the upcoming training camp and Summer League. But a hometown Canadian Riker, an East Coast fella, Lindell Wigington. Masai Ujiri decided to bring him along. Uh, he, he's he been a kind of, he's been in the Canadian basketball rem for a long time now from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, 6'2", 188 pounds. Uh, both you and I saw him play when he came to Newfoundland as a 13-year-old. Uh, he averaged uh, 17 points per game uh, for Iowa State this year. What are your thoughts on this undrafted free agent signing? Because the last time we had an undrafted free agent signing at the point guard position turned into Fred Van Vliet. So could we be expecting another diamond in the rough with Lindell Wigington? Absolutely, Ben. But you know what they say about Canadians, and I hate to say it, but especially from the guard position. Fantastic fundamentals, good shooters technically, but usually... It seems with the Canadians from the guards position specifically, not recently maybe with the influx of basketball becoming more prevalent uh, in Canada, but they say that they're not aggressive enough, right, and not athletic, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing you can really attribute to Fred's game that he was able to rise above the rest because there was what five point guards uh, vying for that last roster spot yep. on the Toronto Raptors. Um, I think that that's what set him apart was his confidence, but just his ability being kind of undersized. But he played the exact same way as Kyle Lowry. So if Wigginton wants to crack a roster position at some point in his career for the Toronto Raptors, because it's obviously there's nothing going to be opened up in this next season, but maybe a few seasons Mm -hmm. down the road, he just needs to prove that he's not like the typical Canadian mold. And like I said, this is sort of changing now, but as long as as he doesn't define himself as just a shooter, right, as just a a, a fundamentally sound guy, and he can be aggressive, then who knows, maybe it would be fun to have a hometown hero on the Toronto Raptors. Certainly, and 17 points per game. He shot 40% from the three-point line in college. He And he's a guy that I don't think necessarily fills a, a passive 
role on the court. He's a guy that takes over games. I remember in high school, he went head-to-head with LaMelo Ball, completely owned him on the high school court. I know LaMelo, he's a, he's a polarizing player, but Lindell Wigington completely owned him on probably the biggest stage he ever played on up until that point. And he's a guy that's pure aggression, pure athleticism, can get to the rim, can knock down threes. I, I'm really happy, I'm really impressed with this game every time I watch him. I didn't watch him too, too much in his college career. But certainly as a, growing up, he's a name that we heard all around basketball Canada realms. But the only unfortunate thing is, like a lot of point guards that are later in the draft, he's a bit smaller, 6'2", as I mentioned, 188 pounds. He'll probably have to Thin. get bigger, yeah. be, be more crafty. So that that's going to be something to look out for. But, Riker, the thing about the, the Toronto Raptors this season, which hasn't really been the case the past few years, is we have kind of a deep... We were super deep for all those years. We had the bench mob. We were filled with DeLon Wright, uh, Pascal Siakam, Pat Jakob Pertl, uh, Fred Van Vliet. It, we were, our bench was just filled with players. And it, there wasn't many deep roster positions that were really there for the taking. But this season, we traded a lot of our depth to really fulfill that eight-man rotation that won us the NBA championship. But with that said, there's a lot of open spots now at the end of our bench because it doesn't look like Jody Meeks and with the way Lynn played, you know, it doesn't look like Lynn, Eric Moreland. These these sorts of guys really have a guaranteed spots with the Toronto Raptors going forward. So it'll be interesting to see if these, you know, undrafted players, if uh, the late second round picks can really carve out a niche on this team and play those, you know, scrub minutes, so to speak, in this season and see if they can impress this team. Well, Ben, I'll wrap it up by agreeing with you because really if there's anything that this franchise in particular has proven is that you need two things. You need your superstar players, right? But it's but the second thing is it's better to develop players, right? Yep. It's it's good, and I, I mean it's it's almost the same recipe as the Golden State Warriors before. They had a lot of guys that they developed. They didn't just trade for all their pieces. Yep. Um, as of late, it seemed like they sort of did, but um, you know they brought they put so much trust into Pascal Siakam, Norman Powell. I, I mean so much trust into Norman Powell over the years with all of his ups and downs, Fred Van Vliet. So to have a guy uh, to bring in somebody like Lynn, you kind of know what you're getting from him. How much room left does he have to develop? Not sure. So maybe it makes more sense to have some guy sitting down, playing in the G League for two or three years, being at that last roster spot, and then working his way up and developing into you know what the Raptors love to see out on the court, which is really hard, and then scoring <laughs> at the end of the day, right? So Yeah, um, certainly. I think that it's it's possible that one of these guys, uh, maybe another guy that ends up getting picked up come uh, summer, um, summer league, free yeah, agency. summer league around that time, maybe we'll see some new fresh face. But it is exciting still as around. Even though we won the championship, I wouldn't discount this completely um, because who knows what's going to happen this this free agency this off season. Certainly, there's a you brought up the draft was kind of laid back for the Toronto Raptors, but the free agencies when all the big storylines and the Kawhi Leonard news and that drama is going to happen. So definitely stay tuned to the Raptors Digest. As we mentioned, the the Toronto Raptors have done a really good job of developing young players and bringing them along while we're winning. But who has impressed you guys the most? Uh, everyone listening, who's impressed you the most? Uh, with the Raptors draft picks, did we miss anyone? Did Masai Jury get another steal? Let us know in the comment section below. You're the best for making this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. You have any last words, Riker? That's it for me, Ben. Cheers.